Welcome to the Writing to Get Business podcast, where you'll get tips to expand your writing skills. Every week, you'll hear tips and strategies to support your writing. Pat Iyer is your show hostess, a ghostwriter, editor, and author who has written 48 books. Sit back, relax, and listen. Here's your hostess, Pat Iyer. Hi, this is Pat Iyer with Writing to Get Business, and I have with me today Mitchell Levy, who is somebody I spent some time with, drinking wine with, I believe, in Miami, <laughs> maybe um, Those were more the days. than a year ago, yes, <laughs> in a bar in Miami, back when you could be in bars in Miami. Mitchell has a varied experience as an author, as a publisher, as a person who helps authors focus on their credibility and their sources of credibility. And I wanted him to come on the show to share some of his expertise with us. Welcome to the show, Mitchell. Pat, thanks for having me. And yeah, I do. You bring back memories. How cool would it be to sit in a bar and watch people walk around and order from a bartender without a mask on? (laughs) It would be cool indeed. And I think those days will return eventually, but unfortunately not right now. Yeah, yes, they will. I want to take you back. I know that you have written many books. How did you first get involved in writing books? So I, uh, at the moment I'm at 64, I'm about 70% done with my 65th book. My, my first book, I was working for Sun Microsystems. It was in 1988, just to book, go back a couple years. And I had um, made that decision that, that people make at some time in their lives is, should I buy a house or not? And the entire world was saying, yes, yes, yes. And for some odd reason, when everyone says yes, I'm thinking, ah, there's something wrong here. So I did a very classic spreadsheet, MBA classic uh, spreadsheet analysis of renting versus buying. Um, I got to the point where I really loved it. And I go, oh, this is pretty cool. Let me write a book about it. So then because I had a financial sponsor, this was, I was working for Sun Microsystems. They were paying my bills as a, as a, as a, uh, as an employer, (laughs) you know, I actually wrote the book and spent a oodles and oodles of time. We written, uh, got reviews in 500 plus newspapers, New York times, wall street journal. And, and it was absolutely spectacular and, and did lots of speaking about it. But I had the luxury of actually getting money coming in from another source. So it, it, I didn't have to make money off of that. And I hadn't realized enough about really how, what books are and how they work, uh, in essence, what we're doing here. But for me, it was beautiful to be able to touch the lives of people, to give them that classic thought process of does it make, in this case, does it make sense to rent or buy? And, and the answer is, well, it depends on where you're renting or buying and whether or not if you decided to rent, you could rent and save, right? So it, anyhow, it was, but, but the realtors were, the entire world said, Mitchell, you're wrong. And, and so I had a book that said, no, no, I'm not really wrong. Here's why. And now that was a good lessons along the way. Did you buy the house? Uh, yes, we did. <laughs> and and uh, as it turns out, I'm in Silicon Valley, so it, it turned out to be a very good investment. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Those little houses in your area are worth millions of dollars, or they were at least at one time. <laughs> Who knows what they are now. But. Oh. 
All right. So you had a financial sponsor. I love that term for an employer, somebody who was giving you a paycheck so that you could do this interesting thing on the side. I haven't had a financial sponsor for, let's see, when was the last time I was an employee? 1987 was when I lost my financial sponsorship. My first book came out in 1986. So you and I published in that same within a couple of years of each other, the first book. Mm. And now you got this book, you got all these wonderful reviews, you probably worked hard to promote this book. You got, obviously, you went from one to two, because you're up at 65. Did you start writing additional books while you were an employee? Or at some point, you went into business, I know for sure. Yeah, so during the during the dot-com day, so I left, I left Sun Microsystems in 97. I became a strategic consultant helping companies figure out what e-commerce was. I think, I can't remember where in the evolution, but I think it's either my second or third book was with a traditional publisher. So it was uh, with new writers looking up on the wall, new writers press, which was a Prentice Hall in print. And, and that was that classic approach where it's a thousand hours of time and they put it out there and, and the book came out about three months before the dot bomb crash. So it was, I need another year to make that one really uh, do because it, it was called Evolve or Die, um, which was a beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful uh, focus on the book. In 2005, I started a publishing company. I've published over 850 books. And that's when I started doing a lot of writing because the, I always thought the goal of the publishing company, so between 2005 and 2017, I thought the goal of the publishing company was to make my job, if I was a customer, easier. And my job was, how can I write books quicker? And so that's, you know, I got processes, I got approaches in place. And I actually, Pat, got to the point where I have figured out how to write a book in eight hours. Now, this is a social media enabled ebook, which you could turn into a physical book, but how to write that in eight hours. And at the end of 2016, I did a Kickstarter. And that Kickstarter hit 250% of goal. Now, how, how you make Kickstarters or crowdfunding campaigns work is you take a product or service you offer in real life and you offer it at a discount. 20 people paid us that when they wrote their book, eight hours, when they wrote their book, we'd publish it. So I'm going to fast forward a year, 2017, uh, at the end of 2017, I did a Ted talk and that was a beautiful time because it got me off of the, you know, we, we go through life with a certain perceived set of notions. And when you're doing something like a Ted talk, the, the focus is, can you create an idea worth sharing? Mm-hmm. Well, this is not, it can't be my business idea. It can't be something that's a commercially viable for for Mitchell Levy and what I do, it has to be something that everyone wants. And so as I was thinking about the world in a different way, I looked at the results from the Kickstarter. We had 20 people pay us that when they wrote their book in eight hours, we'd publish it. And at the end, normally I go through the process with somebody, hey, can you guess how many people wrote? I'm just gonna put up my numbers. Two people in one year wrote their book. So. Obviously, that bothered me. I I know. Two people spend eight hours to write their book. So Mm, what happened is I went to five people who paid. And I said, listen, how about I write it for you? Let me do an interview. Let me do a little bit of, let me put the process in place. 
and let me figure out how we could write it for you. One person said yes. So now typically what I do is I say three people out of 20 wrote their book. We just happen to write the third one. And the interesting part is, first of all, that bothered me. That means 17 people couldn't find eight hours in a 12-month period to do something they paid for that would be beneficial for them. Now, I'm going to make it worse. And this is what made me decide that my business is not going to be the traditional publisher. I went to my friends in the online learning space. I went to my friends in the internet marketing space. And they both said essentially the same thing. They go, Mitchell, do you realize that three out of 20 is a 15% utilization rate? And that's fantastic. <laughs> and Pat, I'm telling you that I'm like, okay, this is not, I don't want to be in a business to sell things people pay for, but don't use. So what I ended up doing is I ended up starting to, I swapped my business or, or morphed my business into we are done for you book writing service. And so I created a, a writing school. We, we ended up having, um, uh, now uh, we've had 50 graduates of the writing school. And now what we do is something completely different. And that is generally it's the, the person who's my client, busy, successful professionals who are looking for more credibility with a book because that's what you use a book for. It's, it's you, you're writing to get business. Your tagline is so beautiful. So looking to get credibility with a book and have no time. And the answer today is four months from the time we start. After doing a three-hour interview to really pull the genius from their head, we have ghostwritten, published, distributed, made them Amazon best-selling authors, and they spent 10 hours or less. And, and what's happened is that what ultimately happened, so this is not the same stuff you do, right? So, so I have clients who want, um, they want books which are, 25, 50,000 words. The books that we do are somewhere around eight to 10,000 words. And it's just different. I, I, um, can I, can I share, is this podcast only or vi visual? This is a video. Awesome. I knew we were videoing. I just didn't know if we were doing both. So, so often what happens in our books is I'm a big fan. I just want to show the difference between what you guys do and what we do, uh, what you do and we do. So we have color on the inside. We have QR codes that point to videos where the author is talking about the book. But because most people are not reading books, they're either listening to them. This asset is intended to help you be more credible. This asset intent is to show that you're an expert in your space. So what we do is we pull together 140 aha messages. And so what happens is if you read any one of these things, this is sort of like in the old days, the cliff notes. It's the, it's the summary of what's inside your head. It is that thing that says, hey, I am expert at this. And so part of it is it's a 140-day media calendar, editorial calendar, because you could hold up your video camera, read an aha message, talk about it for two to three minutes, and now you've got your video for the day. Um, what it really does, though, is it frees you up for what you really want to do with a book. And that is you want to use it to open up the doors so that people can actually buy your product or buy your service. And, and that's, mm -hmm. to me, that's what books are. But I, I got, I think you asked me a question and I went through the entire revolution to the <laughs> end. So sorry. <laughs> well, you used a phrase earlier and I think it'll become clearer as people saw the book, but you say a social, was it social media enabled book? 
And is that the tying in with the QR codes? Is that what you mean? Or did you have some other concept? Oh, so the, I have a platform called Aha That. Um, so it's just ahathat.com. It has close to a million users. It has close to 55,000 aha messages. So if you went to ahathat.com and you just sign up for an account, it's free to use, free to share. You have 55,000 messages of other authors you could share. I call that spreading cred dust. It is my cred dust spreader. So you're getting other people's content that they've written down in aha format and you're sharing it on Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook. And there's an automated tool where you could automatically share it. So what happens is the social media enabled ebook or what's called an aha book is comprised of 140 aha messages that are sitting on that platform. The physical books that we deliver and whether it's physical and actually Kindle isn't physical, but we are, we do books in Kindle and audible as well as paperback hardcover. And those books, the, a social media enabled ebook, it's, it's instead of like, you know, in the old days where you'd pick up a book and, you know, it's, it's this long and you, you go and you read through the content of the book and you go, okay, let me, let me put a highlighter here. Oh, wait, I want to share this on social media. And then you retype it in, right? So, and there's nothing wrong with that approach. And particularly academically, it makes sense. And depending on the audience you're going after, a style of book like this makes sense. For the audience that we're working with, those that are attracted to what we do, what they want is they want to demonstrate that they have expertise at solving a particular pain point their author has, oh, I'm sorry, their client, their prospect has. And so what happens is we've already taken the content and put it into shareable format. And so the, the aha message that sits inside the book is also available on the aha that platform. So it's easily shareable. The QR mm -hmm. code there, each book has somewhere between eight to 10 videos where the author is talking about that content because, you know, the, we want, it's this, a book is a two dimensional object. And, and I want the person who, who is the author, if the goal of the book is to allow them to be seen and to, to be heard and to be felt in such a way where I might want to hire that person either for speaking or consulting, well, then you want to, sh you want to share them in multiple formats. So that's why we incorporate video and social and, and all, all the other things that, that we include. Did that answer your question? It did. It did. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Give me some ideas for sure. <laughs> I have put together 52 writing tips in a book, but they're more of the length of blog posts as opposed to what you're describing. The 140 makes me think about the 140 characters that Twitter used to allocate to us and now has been doubled in size. And, and by the way, that's how the, originally the concept, uh -huh. so the evolution of my publishing company was first, it was 25,000 word books that people would come to us with. Then it was a book series called 42 rules. And that was comprised of 42, 500 word articles. And we've got 25 to 30 books in that series. And then the think aha series was 140 essentially Twitter size quotes. And we, I just did 140 by 140. So 140 aha messages because we had 140 characters. And now that there's 280, it's just some of the aha messages are bigger than they were in the past. Right. right. We'll just tell Twitter not to make any more changes because then that would throw off your business model. Then you'd have to have 
300 or was 280 <laughs> that would be 560 would be double if they doubled it again yeah it it's well it, it's all about paper right at the end of the day we this is a, a typical size book for us i like 120 pages i just like the spine size um for mm. this particular book same style what ended up happening pat is we the, we added the author himself. It's a great book, by the way. It's uh, I'll share it to you in a second. But I'll, well, the the author himself had an ebook. So this is um, Lee Smith, and it's called Hire Hire Smarter. Wait, Hire Smarter Sell More. Sorry, um, <laughs> I couldn't read it backwards. And it's great content. And this would normally be the size of the book. Mm -hmm. The rest of this, the author had an existing ebook already done. And so I think part of what happens when you, when you do your ghostwriting, part of what happens when, when we're doing our ghostwriting is when I was doing the interview with Lee, he goes, he goes, you know, he starts talking and quoting from the ebook. And at one point in time, I said, you know, I think we should include the ebook in the appendix. He goes, you could do that. I go, well, it's, you know, yes. Um, and, but what was really fascinating is that conversation I have with the author it's not about them um, figuring out how to best present who they were in the past. Cause that's not, to me, that's not what a book is. What a book that you're using to help get business tomorrow, it's how to present what you've known in the past in a way that people want to use your service or product in the future. So what ended up happening before Lee gave us his, his ebook, he had to rewrite it based on the conversation we did to put the book together because he had a new thinking process of how to approach the audience he was going after. And to me, the success when you work with somebody is not just that single asset, whether it's a book or something else, or, you know, podcasts or another tool to use for credibility, or mm -hmm. um, I, have a, I have a platform for LinkedIn. How do you get a good LinkedIn profile? There are different tools that build credibility, but the result of success of anyone like you and me is that the person we've worked with, is actually using the book to close more business. And, and that to me is at the end of the day, the most important thing. I know we were talking before we started recording about the importance of credibility. And it's something that is an underlying theme in many of the interviews that I do is that authors know that having a book, no matter how it's published and assuming that it's been well edited and it's got great content, just puts them ahead of other people who have all that knowledge, but haven't put it down on paper. What have you seen has happened to the authors who you work with in terms of their credibility as a result of publishing? Oh, it, whether it's me or, or other, other people, it's all the same. It's credibility is an interesting thought and approach. And, and so I, I'm actually interviewing 500 thought leaders on credibility. We're technically we're at 443, 17 this week. We're going to be at five. By the time people watch this, we'll, we'll be at 500. And what happens is we, when we get to meet somebody and, and we meet them from so many different areas, one of the cool parts about having a book, it's another way to meet somebody. And mm -hmm. what authors often think about is how many books I can sell. And so one of the first things that happens when, when I talk to an author is it's never about how many books you sell. It's about how many books you get in the hands of your, pro of your prospects. 
Now, if you actually sell books and I write nice royalty checks for you, that's even better. But that's irrelevant. So when you're speaking at an event, when you get back to like when we're speaking physically at an event, it's about how many books can you hand out? Now, if you could find a sponsor who wants to actually buy books that you could hand out to those in front of you, even better. Mm -hmm. What happens is, and particularly with the aha books, is those things that people would say all the time, those catchphrases, those things that capture people's attention. It, and I'll share, I'll share one of mine, which is, which is one of my favorite. And this is, this is to do with both thought leaders and also credibility. So this is from my, from my TED Talk. It's the book is called Being Seen and Being Heard as a Thought Leader. And, and I probably share this at least 2,000 times. And I typically go to aha number four. And what it says is good thought leaders are at the top of the mountain. Great thought leaders are at the bottom of the mountain helping others climb up. Mm. And what I even have, this is somebody who, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's somebody else's quote. It's Robert Clancy's quote. So I have in my book where I'm spreading cred dust on Robert Clancy. And what we're talking about is servant leadership. I could talk for an hour on servant leadership, but all I have to do is say that one quote and people get it. And when I'm talking to somebody who says, which I need to be a thought leader, I go, great. What are you doing at the bottom of the mountain to help others climb up? And by the way, if they're at the top of the mountain and they're barking orders, those are typically authors I don't work with, right? Because I want to work with the person who is, wants to, knows their community and wants to help the community be successful. And so the benefit of having this asset called a book is you now reference that in what you do. And I just want to, as opposed to telling you what happened, I gave you an example. Mm-hmm. Over 2,000 times, I have used a quote from my book in what I do to increase the credibility of who I am and what I'm doing. And that's what we allow all of our authors to do and encourage them to do. And what they find is their quotes, I've had some of my authors who have had quotes go viral, can't promise virality, right? That's just something that happens. I, many of our authors have created videos using their aha messages. And so it comes down to, are you an ex- expert at what you do? And, and the answer is you, you hold up a book, you know, and it's, here's another one we did, which was an anthology book, turning ideas into impact. These are 16 Silicon Valley consultants that all contributed to an anthology book. And so the reason why everyone, most of these, most of these folks are engineers as opposed to marketers. And the reason why they're in here is they wouldn't, other than one of my authors who, had, who I've done uh, six books with, everyone in here, they were looking for that new piece of credibility that they can then share with their prospects to close more business. And so the answer is, by definition, and, and, and you know this as well, that what you need to do as, as a business executive is you need to make sure you have credibility. A book is the best vehicle to do that. However, before you do the book, probably the first tip I'm going to say is when somebody Googles your name, what do they see? So you have to make sure that first thing they see, whether it's your website, your social media, and by the way, given that the social media companies are spending hundreds of millions of dollars to associate your name when somebody Googles your name with their platform, uh, you can't say to anyone, hey, I got a crappy LinkedIn profile, that's okay. Cause that's not going to work. Or, I, or my Facebook is for my friends. You know, the thing is there's no, it, there's no separation. And so mm-hmm. when people see you and find you, what do they see? That's the first impression of credibility. The next is 
the book or the podcast or whatever vehicle you have to be sharing you in the world, demonstrating that you are expert at what you do. It's all about putting the pieces together, isn't it? And so much that we have, the knowledge that we've gained can be helpful to other people, but it does no good if it's trapped in your head. <laughs> yes. And that's where, I think that's where what you and I do as, as ghostwriters are important is a lot of times when people say, I have this knowledge in my head and I have to write it. What I'm going to say, Pat, is you do have this knowledge in your head and it has to be written, but it doesn't necessarily have to be written by you. As a matter of fact, I would encourage you not to write it. It's, in life, it's all about time and money. If you have infinite time uh, and no money, uh, you got to write it yourself. Mm-hmm. If you have ample money and time is tight, then getting somebody else to write it for you, because at the end of the day, the, I'll give you my, my thoughts on time. I, I've mentioned a couple of times, I like, I'll give you a different example book. I, I like 120 pages. I just love the spine size of 120. A 50,000 word book is more like 160, 180 pages. But I, you know, I, I like it when people say, oh, I could read that. Mm-hmm. And the question becomes, if you're going to write a 120 page book and you do it yourself and you've gotten good at writing, I've figured out it's about an hour page. So it's about 120 hours. If you're going to publish the way that our publishing company does, we, we spend 200 hours on making sure it's distributed around the world. We maintain it on a continual basis. So that's 320 hours. So if you have knowledge inside your head, here's the question I'm going to say. Should you spend 320 hours and save some money and take all the time to do it and figure out and learn what does it mean to be a publisher and self-publish and all that stuff? Or uh, for us, for instance, I, and I'm not sure how long it takes with you. It's a different model because they get a, a significantly different book when they work with you, Pat. But with us, it's a 10-hour process. I'd rather you spend 10 hours with us and 310 hours doing two different things. One, market. Now that you have a Amazon best-selling book, which is part of our service, make sure it gets in the hands of the people who could hire you. But the other thing is, I would, the way the world works today, I'd spend the incremental time building an online course. Like there's a certain price point you can charge for a book. Typically, our paperbacks are 20 bucks, our hardcovers are 25. And books don't sell the way they used to book. You're not going to make a ton of money based on book sales. Some of our authors do, but typically that's not where you're making money. You're making money on the other stuff, mm-hmm. speaking, consulting. That said, if you spend your time doing an online course and you charge 197 or 297 or 497 or 1,000 bucks for your online course, you don't have to sell a lot of online courses to make up the profit you would have made on a book. So, so with the 310 hours that you would normally have, the incremental 310 hours you'd spend with us, uh, do some marketing, create your online courses. And then holistically, there are more ways people see you and experience you before they then also hire you for speaking and consulting. Does that make sense? It does. In fact, um, a couple of months ago, I took my newest book and turned it into an online course and got 16 people enrolled at $397 compared to what I got from selling the book for (laughs) $29.95. Exactly. 
Like how hard would you have had to work to sell the amount of books you needed to make to be able to, to make the money, you know, the, the, the five K you made with, uh, with the course. Right. And you, you do the dynamics of time. It's like this no brainer. And I was, and by the way, the other thing that happened, those 16 people that went through your course, they're like advocates of yours now, right? Mm-hmm. They got to experience you. And so now they are, it, it's, it's a, it's a significant win. Nice job, by the way. Pretty Thank cool. you. I'm doing the course again with a different audience and we're charging four ninety seven this time. And that's typically, Pat, that's typically what, what I keep hearing is you either increase your rate or you double your rate. And then at some point in time when people don't buy anymore, then you lower it again. <laughs> All the tricks of the trade. So what I got out of this, Mitchell, in thinking about what you've covered is that you've shared with us a model of a, a much shorter, more consumable book than something that's 50, 60, 70,000 words. It's a model that includes 140 tips or quotes based on interviews that you or your staff do with the author. It helps the author, instead of having to write all that information themselves, to be able to focus on the marketing of the book after the process is over. And I think you've emphasized for us the importance of credibility, of sharing your knowledge with others to be a force when it comes to being hired, your visibility as an author, which is spread out through social media, through other means, through LinkedIn profiles, through sizzle reels, which we didn't talk about, but exists for speakers. And sizzle reels, I've had, I need to define that because I used that word with my sister and she said, is this a reel that's on fire? Why is it sizzling? I said, okay. Let me take a step back, a promotional video if you're a speaker. But all of those things come together to help enhance your credibility. And the credibility is the name of the game in terms of being able to influence other people and share the knowledge that you have. Yeah, I'll do two things quick. Um, First, I'm not always sure that credibility is necessary is one of those that that the end goal of credibility is that you're influencing people. I think the end goal of credibility is that you get to accomplish your goals, which may be influence. It may also just be helping and supporting. Mm-hmm. And that's the the thought the on the sizzle reel. That's one thing that's uniquely different um, for me. And and when I give you the link at the at the end, people can go and see see these. The speaker sizzle reel is something that actually sizzles. It's got speakers at different stages, different locations. That's what that's imposed for. I'm creating a new concept. It's called a cred reel, the credibility sizzle reel. And the cred reel allows the human that, that is part of it, six to eight minutes, it allows them to shine. And so it's not about sizzling and doing different stages. It's about, can you see them? Can you know, are they demonstrating in this video that you know, like, and trust them? And if you could do that in six to eight minutes and people could see that before they talk to you, that will increase the efficacy of everything you do. And so that's what a cred reel or a credibility sizzle reel is. All right. I appreciate knowing about that variation. Oh, you're welcome. What link would you like to share with people who are watching this podcast? So it's my name. 
So it's MitchellLevy360.com. So M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-L-E-V-Y-360.com. And there you can connect uh, on social media. That's appropriate. Uh, we have a number of different customer videos where you can actually see customer testimonials. Uh, at the moment, the LinkedIn course, which is an one-hour course that will completely let you think about LinkedIn in a different way. That's what pops up first. And also, if this is of interest to you and you want to talk to me, you could schedule time directly on my calendar. So all that, it's just MitchellLevy360.com and it's all in one place. Perfect. Well, Mitchell, thank you so much for being part of the show. And thank you to you who is listening or watching this show. I hope you've gotten some inspiring ideas from our conversation today. It's a new way of thinking about a book that you may not have considered, a different model for a book that might be just what you need for your business and your credibility. Beautiful. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thanks, Pat. You were awesome. Thank you. Hi, this is Pat Iyer with Writing to Get Business, and I have just finished a podcast with Christine Grant, who has an unusual way that she uses her writing skills to get business. Christine, what will our viewer get from listening to your podcast or watching it on our patire.com YouTube channel? My hope is that the audience will feel inspired that no matter what sort of emotional baggage they've been carrying around for any sort of uh, issue or dynamic with anyone in, in your right now or maybe from childhood or a long time ago, that you will understand there is a way of letting go of that. You know, I always say, um, kind of like the airlines, only we all have baggage, but only one carry-on is allowed. The rest mm -hmm. is just way too costly. So with my service for helping people to find the words that they really want to say is the key to a matrix that opens the heart and can heal, mend, and, and up-level or enhance any connection with another. And what would we be without our connections? No one wants to die alone, seriously. So I, we hold ourselves back. We don't always see ourselves. We don't always understand our predicaments. So I help people to glean a bigger, more powerful understanding that actually allows them to enjoy their connections, to wake up with a smile, to sleep better, to stay young. <laughs> because all of that worry and stress and fret is very uh, damaging on many levels. So I hope that, uh, I hope to, again, inspire through my letter writing service, which is called Inspired Heart Letters. And thank you so much. This has been a joy. Thank you, Christine. And to you who's just heard Christine Grant, be sure to catch her program when it appears on Writing to Get Business. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Check out Pat Iyer's resources for writers at writingtogetbusiness.com. 
That is W-R-I-T-I-N-G-T-O-G-E-T-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S dot com. Coaches, consultants, and entrepreneurs work with Pat so they can get more business by writing and sharing their expertise. Check out Pat's resources on writingtogetbusiness.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.